0: Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, with me, Josh Hallam.
1: And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them.
0: We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen, and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. So we'll start with the random question, as we do every week. Alice, have you ever, or would you ever skydive?
1: Oh, I have done that actually. Yes, and but would I do it again? You know, I don't know. So I did it. Um, I did it in New Zealand because you know, if you go to New Zealand, <laughs> you've got to do a skydive, and it was, I would say, the most terrified I've ever been in my whole life. So we, you go, you got to wear these massive overalls, obviously. And then you go up in this like really like rickety plane mm. and you're just kind of sat by the door of the plane. Like there's, you, it just feels so kind of, you're just really exposed, I think, to the air. So we're going up and over. I went from I went from nine thousand meters. I, I think it was meters or feet. It must be meters. I just basically went for the cheapest one because like the che- the lower down you go, the cheaper it is. It went up to like you know well well high, and it was like Tesco 150. Values from Skyder. Yeah, yeah, I had to. man. Right? it's like oh, I barely had any money on the trip, so I was like, well, I've got to do it. So I went from about nine thousand. Can't remember if it's meters or feet. Um, and just the whole way up, basically, it was one of the few times in my adult life where I thought I was going to shit myself. Like, we were halfway up. It kept going, it kept going higher and higher. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to shit myself in these overalls with the guy, because you've got the guy on your back, haven't you, who's got to yeah. like do the parachute and all that for you. And we're going to be squished and it's going to be a shit sandwich between me and this guy. But I didn't, I didn't. So you, so you kind of, So you do the thing where you hang your legs over the side and it's like, right, go. And you just kind of, you don't, because they're doing all the work for you. So you don't really have to think about jumping or anything. You've just got to be ready to be let go. And then you start falling towards the earth, you know, at unbelievable speeds, only for a little bit. And then the parachute comes out. And then once that happens, the fear kind of goes a little (laughs) bit and you just sort of float back down to earth. But yeah, so I have done. It was great. I'm so glad I did it. But I was so, so, so scared. Um, So I don't, I probably would do it again, actually, thinking about it. Because there's no real risk. And now that I've done it once, I mean, I say there's no real risk. Obviously, things can go wrong. But I think very, very tiny percentage. Um. But no, yeah, I think I would do it again. But yeah, fucking terrifying. Scariest thing I've ever done. Anyway, sorry, that was a really long way of saying yes.
0: (laughs) What about you, Josh? Have Um, you or would you ever skydive? uh, No, I never have. Um, But I, I I would. Although now you've said that, I'm starting to think maybe if I do do it, it'll be on an empty stomach.
1: Uh, Well, absolutely. Just don't eat the day before or, you know, just eat, you know, plain pasta (laughs) or like a bowl of rice. No veggies. No no fibre. Absolutely
0: no fibre. In fact, let
1: uh, yourself get constipated. Yeah, (laughs) just a
0: full stick of bread and then jump out of a plane. exactly.
1: So we'll move on to talking about this week's film, which is one that Josh chose. It's The Road to El Dorado from the year 2000. It's a DreamWorks film. So spoiler warnings if you haven't seen it. Josh, tell us, what is this film about and why did you pick it?
0: So, yeah, so The Road to El Dorado is uh, a sort of a family film, a kid's film. It's a cartoon um, and it's about uh, two... Gold-obsessed con men in the 1500s who accidentally find themselves as stowaways on a ship from Spain to what is known as the New World. Um, They escape from the ship and wash ashore uh, on an unknown island. Um, Using a map that they've won earlier on in the film whilst gambling, they actually realise that they've washed ashore on what they think is the island of El Dorado. Um, A legend says that this island has a city on it which is made entirely of gold uh, so obviously they're very interested in the gold so when they arrive at the city they're greeted by the locals as gods so they decide to swindle the city uh, steal as much gold as they can go back to spain and live like kings um however as these things always do they get a little bit more than they bargain for along the way um i chose this one because for a few reasons First of all, we, we hadn't done a, a film like this for a little while, sort of more family orientated film. Um, I think the last one we did was All Dogs Go to Heaven. Um, so I also think it's underrated and underseen because I don't think it did well when it came out critically or commercially. But I think it's, it's a good film. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it's picked up a bit of a cult following um, over the years. So uh, what about you? Had you seen it?
1: I hadn't seen it. I'd I'd heard of it, but I don't think I knew like anything about it. I don't think I'd seen sort of any imagery for it. So I was going in, not really having any idea what I see. Oh, I think I knew that it was a cartoon, uh, but that was about it. Um, but I. I did really enjoy it. And like you say, it was just, it was really fun. And it was actually really funny. Um, is this one that you'd seen a few times or is this kind of just the first time kind of going back to revisit it after you'd seen it for the first time?
0: No, do you know what? This is this is quite a, a film I have seen a couple of times. I think I went to the pictures to see it. Um, or if I didn't, I must have got it on, you know, video or DVD um, when it came out on, on those when I, was, when I was younger. But no, it is one. It's one I always go back to as, you know, just a, a nice, fun time... Um uh, sort of like a bit like other films we've done, you know, you pop it on a Sunday. It's a good background film. It's a good film. It's a good feel, good film. But no, I really like it. So I have seen it a couple of times. So um, obviously you said you had a good time with it. So what what did you like about it?
1: So I did think it was funny. I thought there was quite a a good few jokes in there. The chemistry between the two leads, uh, Miguel and Tulio, um, I thought that was really good. And they had a really good relationship. They're a bit like yin and Yang. You know, you've got one of them who's, just kind of more about the adventure and a bit more romantic and a bit more you know, I want to see the world and then uh, so that's Miguel, right, who's a little bit like that and then Tulio who's a bit more kind of straightforward, like I just want tons of cash, Mm. I just need to get from A to B, like he just wants to go to El Dorado to get all the gold and then head straight back to Spain, whereas Miguel kind of, he sees the beauty in it and you know, he sees this wonderful place that he wants to explore, he's a musician as well, Mm, so it's mm. like he's this creative soul Um, and And they just worked really well together. And the music as well, I thought, was really good. So Elton John, right? It's it's all kind of Elton John music. So I
0: think it's Elton John and Tim Rice. So Tim Rice and Elton John are famous mainly for for the Lion King soundtrack, as, as amongst other things. But yeah, I mean, the music for me is a highlight. It's great. It's really good music.
1: Yeah, their songs were really catchy. Uh, they flowed really nicely. It was funny because it's almost like DreamWorks kind of saw the success of Elton John with The Lion King mm. and was like, right, we need a bit of that, fellas. But didn't quite turn out as they'd hoped, sadly. But I no, thought the songs were really good. And interesting how... Um, so we had a few kind of uh, diegetic moments that kind of mixed in with the non-diegetic sound. So quite near the beginning, we've got Miguel who's playing... I want. I could is it so it was like a sitar or a lute? Something like I'm not like totally that. Yeah, clued yeah, up yeah. on, on musical instruments. some sort of issues. string instrument. A string instrument yeah. that wasn't a guitar. I'm not up I on thought. my
0: fifteen hundreds musical instruments. It's no, not I it's know, not my bad ins-
1: that, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. I should have read up about it. <laughs> Shoulda read up should've about done. it. Should have
1: done. Should've done but yeah, Sorry, um, as you're saying. So he's got a few moments with that where the non-diegetic music will be playing and then he'd play a few notes that kind of go in time with mm. it. And then we had another moment like that where they're on the ship initially going over to Spain, uh, excuse me, going over to El Dorado from Spain, where Tulio's banging his head against uh, like the, the wall of the ship because they've <laughs> yeah. been, what what's happened there? So they're on the ship, they've kind of been captured, they're sort of being kept prisoner.
0: So yeah, so, so they escape. They escape one group of men that they've wronged. Basically, they're just constantly moving from scrape to scrape, they're aren't they? They're so con men, aren't they? They're, they're con they. men, yeah. So it starts yes. with them and they're they're using loaded dice to win money off... Some local, other con men or or, or blokes or whatever, and uh, that's when they win. That's when they get the map. To El Dorado, and as they escape, they jump into they jump into some barrels, which are then immediately loaded onto a ship. They're then that's, found in the yes. barrels, and it's the general Cortez, who's one of the main villains of the film, who um, is on the way to the New World, and he just puts them in the brig and basically says to them, "When we get to uh, to to Cuba to restock, um, you'll just be you'll be sold as." Onto the plantations, basically. Onto oh, the plantations. Yeah. Yeah, onto the sugar plantations. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Grim. Uh, so, yeah, so there's, they're in the brig, and so Tulio's banging his head against the, the sort of the wall or the hull of the ship, and it's in time with the non digested yeah. music. Mm. So it was just really interesting how the two flowed together. And in terms of the songs, you didn't get that many... Uh, diegetic songs sort of songs going on within the world I think there was two maybe three but most of it was happening as narration I saw Mm. in the credits that Elton John is credited as the narrator kind of first and foremost so that was interesting and it was I just loved having the story told in that way and I think it really added like because it's such a colorful film and you get so many different great locations some of the animation was just beautiful so I thought the way that they use that kind of musical narration not too dissimilar to Hercules, really, um, worked really, really well. Um, just going off the animation, the water animation, I thought, was gorgeous, and mm. they did such a good job of that. And you get such different kind of iterations of it. So they're out on the open ocean, uh, you've got these beautiful sort of rivers and ponds and stuff when you're in El Dorado, there's a storm, there's it all looking just beautiful and tropical. And you could tell, well, it really felt like a lot of work went into the animation, and it really paid off.
0: No, I completely agree. I think I think it looks amazing, and and... and... I think a real effort's gone into it to give it a distinctive style that's different from, say, Disney. So I think one of the things that I try to bear in mind when I was watching it is that this is before DreamWorks had its massive first hit, which I think was Shrek in terms of family films. Um, so they're still trying to find their feet a little bit with with what their style is. And it's quite clear that obviously the Disney films, particularly late 80s and 90s, had such a strong template of how they worked that this film... Does take a little bit of that, but one thing I liked back to what you were saying about the music is that if you look at Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Hercules, all the other films that came before this uh, that are Disney, obviously this is not Disney, the music is sung by the characters, whereas in this it's just sung by narrator. There's one song which and Miguel sing, and all the others from memory I think are narration songs that like you say. So that I think is what differentiates it a little bit from Disney. You don't have you know Simba and Nala singing Can I Feel the Love Tonight to each other whilst uh, a load of kids watch Two Lions Bang um, and other stuff. <laughs> but no, so that's one thing I liked. Completely about, agree with you about the animation. I think it looks gorgeous. Um, the main thing I like, back to what you said at the beginning, is the script. I think it's so funny. Um, it's So it's, it's the same writers as Mask of Zorro and, the Pirates, and Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, or some of the Pirates of the Caribbean caribbean films so i think it's funny a little bit funnier than your average kids film for me i think it does that great thing which a lot of family films do do which is it disregards things like authenticity for the sake of humor and approaches everything you know very tongue-in-cheek you know so like they can all speak english they're not all speak english but they all speak the same language you know that sort of thing a lot of films you know may consider that as, you know, a bit lackluster, but I don't, I just think, well, it doesn't really matter for the sake of entertaining particularly kids or, you know, things like historical accuracy, like when they reflect, like when he says they're going to Cuba, um, Miguel goes, all right, Cuba, Uh, as if it's like the holiday destination that a lot of Mm -hmm. people, I know, you know, problems with, Cuba aside, I don't know that much about it, but the fact of the matter is it's meant to be an amazing place to go as, as as a as a holiday. And also I don't even think it was called Cuba. Like I think, no, it was, I, don't think not. <laughs> I don't think it was called Cuba for like hundreds of years later and stuff like that. So I quite like that. I also like the fact that um it's layered with different types of comedy. So there's a lot of there's jokes in there for the parents, a little bit like some Pixar films. Like, so there's a bit, isn't there, where um, they're escaping the big ship and they're on the little rowing boat trying to get away, and he does that thing where he goes, "Holy shit!" Like, and obviously the joke, oh, yeah. the joke is, "Holy shit!" But but kids don't know that, and it's like you know that looking at the parents being like, "Yeah, you, we know, we know you're in the pictures. You don't want to be here, but." here's a little something for you, you know, that sort of thing. Or, you know, the fact that um, Chell, who is one of the people from the city of, of El Dorado, has their dice and she gives them back. And what I'm sort of them says, like, where was she keeping them? Because obviously she's not, she's only really wearing sort of like a sarong and some underwear or whatever. But then there's slapstick in there for the kids as well, which I also found really funny. So there's a bit where, again, they're stranded on a rowing boat and um, they're starving and... El seagull lands on the oar and they sort of start licking the lips ready to get it and then a shark immediately comes up from the water and grabs it or there's just loads of different types of comedy and loads of i just think it's a really funny film i think it's a cut above in terms of funniness of other films like some of your bog standard disneys and, and stuff like that um so yeah that's i mean and, and, and other than that i mean that's that's I agree every, everything with you. The, the chemistry between the two leads is a real highlight. I think it's quite clear that, and I was reading about this when I was was prepping my notes that they recorded their dialogue together, which I don't think is that or wasn't that common at the time to do so. But I think that really helps build that relationship between the two two of them. Like you said, they both sort of want similar things, but they also don't, and they're both quite different. And I and I really like that. Um,
1: but they, it's it's interesting as well to have a film. Where there is two main characters who are the two main characters. Mm. It's like if you look at something like Shrek, it's like, oh yeah, you've got Shrek and Donkey, but it's it's all about Shrek. Shrek, like story, the film's isn't called yeah, Shrek. Yeah. Or if you look at something like Lion King, you know, mm. okay, yeah, you've got Mufasa and Nala and everything, but it's Simba's story yeah, and it's yeah. all about Simba. Whereas this, it felt like it was both of them. It's it was equal, their it? story. It's so equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really interesting. And it 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 does it just kind of opens the door a little bit more for that comedy, I think. And I can totally believe like what you're saying that they recorded their lines together because it they did feel like there was something extra. Like there was just something more natural, more funny, more. They they just worked really well together. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. I got a question for you, Julio ooh, Miguel. Ooh.
1: Mm.
0: Quite fit. Fitly characters? <laughs>
1: fit cartoon lead characters? The cartoon characters? I mean, yeah, of course. Who's your, your, who, your
0: favourite, though? Miguel or Tulio?
1: I mean, if you look at my husband and then look at Tulio, I mean, they basically the same guy. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Guy, yeah, right? And my husband that, yeah. is he's of Spanish heritage. His grandmother yeah, yeah, was Spanish. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
0: yeah. Like, I should have shown you like, this film but, earlier. <laughs>
1: Oh, I know, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if young little Alice had seen it? Woo, yeah. she wouldn't have left the See, house. See, for me,
0: it's all about Miguel for me, but then he's, you know, he's your open shirt guy with this guitar and he's the romantic. Well, but, yes, he's yeah. a
1: dreamer, isn't he? He's Both the creative pretty, yeah,
0: one, musical. Pretty sexy lead characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, was there anything else that you liked? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mobile, we like to do the opposite
2: So I like that it kind
1: of straddled a few different genres. Like you said there about it sort of being, you know, a cut above the other comedies, and it is very comedic, and that is certainly what they're leaning into. But it's also like, it's a bit adventure, it's Mm. a bit historical, it's a bit romance, and it's a bit fantasy as Mm. well, because you get, um, like, there's a bit of sort of magic going on, isn't there, in El Dorado, and it is like this magical place, and they have this connection to the gods that looks very real because the our villain, whose name escapes me, but he summons like, this demon thing. Yeah. yeah, so he summons this demon thing, doesn't he? And it's not a huge part of the narrative, and they're not hugely focusing on it. And, you know, people aren't running around sort of casting spells and stuff. But it's like there's just this air of something about it, like this air of mystic. Yeah. Like that the spirits are alive in this the place, ancient this arts is...
0: sort of thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cause it a bit it reminded me a little bit of Pocahontas at times as well, yeah. because you get a bit of that in that as well. Like with the I think they do some things with the fire, you know, where they can see, you know, their invaders coming and stuff, yeah. or they can see well, Grandmother Willow as well. Yeah, as a talking a talking
0: tree. thousands year old trees. Yeah. <laughs> it adds a colour, it, <laughs> it adds colour to the film, doesn't it? It really does. Hmm.
1: And I think it was that sort of level of magic. Like, it's not about the magic. It's just kind of, it involves it in a way where it just kind of adds this little bit of mystery to mm. the whole thing.
0: So uh, we'll move on to talking about things that we um, perhaps would, uh, would change or that we didn't like about the film. Um, w- was there anything massive for you? Anything you really didn't like?
1: So one thing that I really would change, I wouldn't say that I totally disliked it, but Shell, who is our female uh, love interest and protagonist Mm. for for Tulio... She gets no character development whatsoever. Mm. And she's quite a significant part of the story. She's on screen for quite a long time and is obviously deciding that she wants to move back to Spain with Tulio. But you don't learn anything about her, not a single thing. You don't know who her family are. You don't find out why she wants to leave El Dorado. You don't find out why she's... Because she's a little bit on the fringes and a little Mm -hmm. bit of an outlaw. Like, they find her and she's running away because she's stolen something. And you don't find out about any of that and every time she's on screen and has a bit of dialogue it's just to kind of reaffirm something that tulio said or she'll just say like yes or Mm. you know she'll um i think tulio asks her where's miguel and she just goes oh don't know and it's it's just so basic and i was like like i wanted a bit more from that like why does she want to leave her homeland to to, to travel with this absolute stranger like there's got to be a story there i
0: wanted more from her and I think if it was made now, you'd probably get that, wouldn't you?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, when you think about someone like Meg in Hercules, yeah. like she's yeah, got yeah. her own things going on. And when you think of all like the love interests, but I think maybe this comes down to the fact that it, it's the two of them, isn't it? And it's, mm. if you think of something like... Well, I don't know, because then I was going to say, like, you think of something like Frozen, where you've got Anna and Elsa, who are obviously the two main characters, but then you still learn a lot about Kristoff. You st- learn a lot about Sven, for God's yeah. sake, and, and he's a reindeer. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. a reindeer. oh, moose. What sorry. Is. Oh no,
1: I, well, I think he's a reindeer. <laughs> well, think th- th- he's not
0: an adult <laughs> woman, anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just found it a bit like a bit. I left wanting more. I was like, yeah. this feels a bit weak and a bit lazy.
0: I'd never even considered that, to be honest. I mean, talk about male gaze. Um, I mean, no, I'd never, I'd never really thought about that. But no, I, I completely agree. Thinking about it now, she, she's, she's sort of a little bit objectified. She doesn't get much of a story or much development. Even something as simple as, well, why are you so desperate to get out? You know, are you? Is it that because you don't even know? Is it because she's bored? Is it because she's? doesn't like her family, she doesn't seem to live yeah. anywhere, doesn't seem to is be... Is she
1: betrothed to another yeah, who she just, doesn't like? Just something you know, like that. Even
0: it? even you know, even if you look at something like Pocahontas, she's betrothed to a, a man she doesn't want to marry or, or something like that, like you said. I mean,
1: who knows why? Have you seen Cocoa? Whoa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Talk about another guy with long, sexy hair. Ooh.
1: Oh, I know. I love it.
0: <laughs> but um, It was a
1: real field day for little Alice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um... No, yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I'd absolutely agree with that. It's not something I considered before. Because even like something I noticed, and it's not really a dislike, but she's obviously stolen something from El Dorado, which everywhere everything is made of gold. And if that's the case, I got the impression that she'd stolen that to sell it to start a new life. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, if you lived in a city that was made of gold, would you know gold was valuable? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. would or or or, point, yeah. or would you? Would it be like nicking a brick? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or would it be like nicking a bit of corrugated roofing or something like that? Just yeah, uh, yeah. something I noticed. But no, I'd never noticed that about Chell before, and that's I think that's a really interesting point. And and like I said, if it was made now, I think I think that would be different. I think you had f- you had fifteen so. minutes yeah. onto the film. You give her a bit of play.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just 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 a bit more. Like I'm not asking for much. I know, you know, it was only an hour and a half and you've already mm. got your two protagonists, so I appreciate that. But yeah, just even just a few sentences. Yeah. Just like, why do you want to go to Spain? Why have you fallen in love with, you know, with this man that you've just met, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Mm. Um, what about you watching it this time around? Was there anything that you would maybe change, didn't like?
0: I mean, I'd certainly change that about Chell, but it's not in my notes because it it, it genuinely didn't come to come to my mind. Um, I think it's not I don't know if it's a dislike. I was sort of trying to figure out why I thought it didn't do that well. Because this was supposed mm. to, this is quite the commercial flop in terms of the amount of I money saw. To put into yeah, it. Yeah, I read that. And I mm. think, if I'm right in, in what I've read, that it was supposed to start a new franchise where, you know, Miguel and Tulio and Chell would go and look for gold or go on adventures in other places, which I oh, would love really? to see. But the only thing I could think was that perhaps it's not quite sure on what its audience is. It's the sort of the flip side of what we were saying about the comedy and that perhaps there's not enough comedy in it for kids. Perhaps it's a little bit too scary. So perhaps it's maybe a bit adult for kids and a bit kids for adults. Does that make sense? So I'm wondering if that's like, maybe because it tries to have a foot in both camps a little bit too much, it possibly didn't lead to decent word of mouth. I mean, I know... What I read of why it was a flop was mainly down to poor marketing. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I thought perhaps there wasn't enough in there for kids. Um, mm, I, mean, I
1: think I'd agree with you as well because there's no, there's no young characters really. No. There's no kid characters, is it? They're all adults and they've all got very sort of adult kind of desires, like yeah. making loads of money yeah. um, and all this. So I and I did think that while I was watching it, like it felt more like an adult cartoon. Than a, a child's film. And it doesn't really have, like, you've got some of the kind of chemistry between the two leads, but apart from that, there isn't like any family values in it, yeah. really. I mean, what... um, And it's not kind of got that sort of humbling kind of message mm. that you want to be pushing out to yeah, your kids. They're... It was just sort of, look at this, look how beautiful it is. Yeah,
0: their wants and desires, like you say, are quite adult, aren't they? Even down mm. to the, you know, they quite clearly sexualize female characters and that sort of thing. And, um, I think, I mean, like, if I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, like, what's the bit? What what bits are kids going to enjoy? Obviously, it's very colourful. Songs are great. There's some great sort of swashbuckling scenes and there's some good music and all that sort of stuff. But, if, you know, what would I take away from it as a kid? What would what would little Josh take away from it? Um, mm-hmm. Probably, like, the sports scene where they play the sort of ancient sport, which is like basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, like you say, it is I mean, and even I'd say down to there are bits where... I think Sekul Khan is a great villain, but he's almost probably maybe even a little bit too scary Mm. in places. So I don't know, maybe maybe there's just not quite enough in there for kids to absolutely love this, but maybe I'm doing kids a disservice.
1: Maybe, but like you say, like it it was a bit of a commercial failure. And if if parents, and this was in the year 2000 as well. So we're not thinking, you know, Twitter, Facebook or whatever. We're thinking parents talking to other parents and saying, oh, should I take my kids to go and see this? And it's like, oh, well, no, maybe not. Mm. Like, they didn't really enjoy it. They didn't really, like, I can't imagine sort of, if you're thinking about kind of like six or seven year olds again, I don't, I, I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't know many six or seven year olds, so I don't know what they're thinking. But I can't imagine they would have been focused the whole time. Mm. Like when you're watching Frozen, like when Elsa comes on screen, you're like, oh my god, she's amazing. And then you've got Olaf on screen is like, oh my god, he's the cutest thing ever. Because you had a little bit of cuteness with the horse, yeah, but he he's not that cute. Like, I thought he was great and a great character and we always, you know, we love the animal sidekick who's along for the ride. Yeah. But he wasn't cute. Like, he was massive. He was a warhorse. They even say, don't yeah. they, it's like, oh, he's not a scared little pony or whatever. He's an aggressive warhorse. horse. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, you've got them and you've got the little armadillo that's sort of just there. Oh, he's yeah. He's clearly there to sell toys. Um, mm. But yeah, there's just not quite enough in there, I think. So let's move on to talking about the critical reception then, and then we'll try and come to a conclusion as to whether or not we think it's uh, underrated or underseen. Um, So how do you think it did, sort of? I mean, we've already touched on it a little bit. How do you think it did, uh, sort of, with the critics?
1: Yeah, so, I I mean, I don't think it did that well. I did have a little read and saw that it, you know, it didn't do too well commercially. I don't think it made back its budget. Um, And I'd, like... I. Like I'd kind of heard of it, I guess, but I just didn't know anything about it. I didn't know about any of the characters. And obviously, I don't know all the films, but like, it was just weird for a film like that to have come out at that time because I was a Disney kid Mm. and I did love all the Disney Mm. stuff. So, you know, animation, all the Pixar, you know, I, I was into all that. And this just wasn't on my radar at all. So I just wonder if it just didn't really hit the mark with people. Yeah. So I'd probably... I'd probably go in like the mid-sixes, mm. like probably thinking like 6.5-ish, and I'll probably leave it there because I'm not sure one way or the other. So i go bang on a mid-six,
0: I reckon. Okay, so um, you're not too far off, actually. So the IMDb at the time of recording is 6.9 out of 10.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: oh, Rotten Tomatoes, which gives you a sort of a, a, a better picture, I think. The audience score is 66%, so not too dissimilar from from the IMDb. But the critic score is 48%, Ooh, which I think, okay. I mean, I, I think that's really harsh. I mean, personally, I even think the audience score is a little low. But the, mm. the critic score, I think that's way, way too low.
1: Mm. That does feel very low. It almost... Because, again, when you're getting into those kind of numbers, it's like, is it a bad film? Is it a badly made film? Well, I, I don't think it is. I thought it looked great. It sounded great. The songs were really, really good. Mm. And Elton John was tied to yeah. it. How dare you give Elton John a 48%? <laughs> <laughs> sir Elton John. Oh, um, sir,
0: exactly. Yeah, and, you know, and I, had, I, I had a little look at what the critics said and there was there was nothing. It was all just, it was a bit uninspired. It was You know when it sort of reeks a little bit of maybe a critic sort of going, it's not for me. It's not Lion King. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's, it's not not, this, yeah, it's uh... not. Yeah, it's not uh, the Little Mermaid or whatever. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it, well, no, it's not. But what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? You can't just say, well, it's not, you know, it's not Apocalypse Now, is it? It's not the Godfather. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what would you say? For me, for me, well, go on, Well, you go first and we'll see what you think.
1: I would certainly say the critic score is underrated. I do, I, I certainly see what the audience are saying with that number though, and kind of in around the six mark, because I think, like you say, it does sort of struggle with the striking the right balance of knowing... Who, like who to go for in terms of audience and kind of how to achieve that. But I also think it's up against like really strong competition. Like when you think that Lion King would have just been out a couple of years earlier. And that is one that just stands out in people's minds, isn't it? Because mm. it was so dramatic, mm. but you got this sort of brilliant, beautiful ending as well. And I think maybe with this, it was a bit more casual, I guess. Like the stakes weren't as high. Nobody's parents were at risk, you know, Mm. which is Mm. what the Disney film loves. So I wonder if maybe it was missing that kind of emotional connection with its audience. And it was just, like, it is more of a comedy and it is more fun. And so I wonder if people were just looking for something else or something more. Um, but in terms of the critic score, I would certainly say it's underrated, and I feel like you would feel the same way too.
0: Absolutely, I think it's I think it's very underrated by the critics. I would probably say it's slightly underrated by the audience as well. I'd probably give it a few more mm. points, but maybe that's my nostalgia talking. And I do think it's underseen mm. as well. What
1: would you What would you give it? Like maybe a, like sort a mid seven? Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe like around there, mid seven to eight. Mm. Um, I think it did enough to start a franchise. I think it's fun. I think it's definitely critically underrated. I think it's probably underseen as well. What would you would you agree?
1: I mean, I would have to say that it's underseen, yeah, because yeah. cause I ain't seen it. I don't really know anyone who's seen it. I've never kind of had it come up in conversation. Mm. Um, but yeah, there you go. Listen, DreamWorks. If you're listening, Josh would love to see that franchise
0: yeah. and those sequels. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. Uh, Another one which I think it's safe to say has been added to both the underrated and uh, underseen pile. Uh, Alice, it's your turn to pick next week. What are we watching?
1: So Josh, I thought it was about time we did another listener suggestion. So this one has been suggested by Sam of All Trades on Instagram, and it's Johnny Mnemonic starring my favourite Keanu Reeves. So very excited about that one.
0: Why am I not surprised
1: you've picked that one? I <laughs> know. So sorry. Is this now my third? Is this my third Keanu? <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah.
0: Something like that. Um, I don't
1: think that's too bad, actually, considering it could have been
0: much worse. <laughs> uh, right. Well, join us next week where we're going to be talking about Johnny Mnemonic. Get it watched if you want to know what we're talking about. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's films that pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you do get a little minute and you've enjoyed this episode, please do give us a five star review or a rating on Apple iTunes. You've got your phone in your hand or your pocket anyway so, you know, do us a favour and it helps other people do find us out what... Do a solid, guys. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, 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 and it helps other people find out about what we think of uh, the road to El Dorado. <laughs> uh, but yeah, join us next week um, uh, for joining the Mnemonic. Alice Oliver, thank you very much for joining me as ever. Thank you so much, George. Pleasure as always. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.